welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than my big homie, Ricky Smiley of the Ricky Smiley Morning Show, TV actor, comedian, and extraordinary leader. Should be a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, Donald Trump, epic fail. He decides to go after Rihanna, saying it was the worst halftime performance he has ever seen. Let's put it up, full mass. All right, this is interesting. Donald J. Trump on his failed social media site called Truth Social wrote, epic fail. Rihanna gave, without question, the single worst halftime show in Super Bowl history. This after insulting far more than half of our nation, which is already in serious decline with her vile and insulting language. Also, so much for her stylist. Now, is that not the epitome of white privilege? A man who literally has the worst hairdo of any president in known history is talking about the stylist of the fashionable, pregnant, beautiful black woman, Rihanna. In addition to that, he has the audacity to criticize her because he says she has a foul mouth and she insults people. The man who literally had a campaign methodology of insulting anyone who opposed him in order to become president of the United States. He adopted an insult now, insult later, insult always strategy. And he wants to criticize a black woman for insulting people. There's more, perhaps unsurprisingly, Donald Trump was not a fan of a certain halftime show on Sunday night Super Bowl. After Rihanna's, you know, incandescent performance, the former president took to truth social to rail about the epic fail of a set. All right. So he gives that ridiculous comment. His latter comment was in seeming reference to an earlier message he posted to Truth Social on Thursday, blasting the singer, the 34 year old, as talentless ahead of the game. Okay, there's more. Representative Ronnie Jackson. Uh, resurrecting the 2020 incident, which Rihanna posed in front of an art installation with the words F Trump spray painted across it. Now, let me highlight a couple of nuances here. Remember when Trump was president of the United States, he came after Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick was engaged in a peaceful protest to bring awareness to what? Unarmed black and brown people being killed by the police. That should be alive today. That was what the knee was about. You don't get more peaceful than kneeling before a game during a song by yourself, not disrupting another person. So it's a nonviolent, very peaceful protest. The nation had a problem with this protest. Now remember, before this Colin Kaepernick knee taking, people on the right were saying, we don't mind protests, we just want you to be peaceful. We don't mind protest, we just want it to be nonviolent. You see, first of all, protest is not a protest unless it makes someone uncomfortable. It is required to be a protest. 
Doesn't need to be violent, but it does need to cause discomfort. Somebody needs to feel something. Number two, when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, it was not the act of taking a knee that offended Donald Trump. It was not the act of taking a knee that offended conservatives and owners in the NFL. Because remember how many people throw a touchdown or score one and they take a knee for white Jesus. How many times does that happen? Did anybody have a problem with them taking a knee? No, not at all. It was about what he took a knee for. You see, if Colin Kaepernick would have taken a knee to bring awareness to more cancer research money, in the United States of America, if he would have taken a knee to bring awareness to the environment. But he had the audacity to take a knee for black and brown people. It was not Colin taking a knee, it was what he took a knee over. Now you have Donald Trump, once again, adversarial to elements in the NFL. Why? Because it is red meat to his base. As I predicted before he announced he would run for president, I said Donald Trump, due to the fact he has lost significant popularity, will run even more so to the bottom in order to gain traction. And that's what he's doing. Ricky, what are your thoughts on this debacle, dear brother? Uh, talking about the uh, the most gaslighting person on the face of the earth, If, if the word gaslighting uh, was a definition he would definitely uh, have his have his picture in the block. Uh, let's talk about you talking about uh, Rihanna's epic. Bill. How about that epic that epic 2020 loss? Uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, how about uh, all of the candidates that you endorsed in the midterm election? Mm-hmm. Uh, how about the polling numbers showing that Ron DeSantis uh, is going to whip you in the Republican uh, primary? Uh, and how about that epic loss, that phone call to the Secretary of State of Georgia? Trying to find you eleven thousand something votes, uh, uh, as he say. Uh, so and I and 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 also losing a lot of your big fundraisers. Your whole his whole presidency uh, was an epic loss, and just on how you handled uh, things in Ukraine, uh, which is now playing out, and uh, how you handled things in Russia. Uh, you know when you was president of the United States. So uh, Rihanna having, uh, if you say Rihanna's loss, I, uh, I I have a whole list, a full list of uh, losses during the Trump administration. Dear brother, I could not have put it better myself. The man has been taking L's for a long time. But once again, he's a winner because you know he's a powerful white guy. He's gonna always win. The family of a man tasered to death for jaywalking is now getting 4.5 million dollars. This is horrible to watch. Here it is. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. On the ground. Roll over. Roll over on your roll over. Roll over. On your stomach now. On your stomach. On your stomach now. On your stomach. On your stomach now. Roll over. Roll over. No, no. On your stomach. What did I do? On your stomach, sir. On your stomach. you again if you don't roll over on your stomach. Get him off. On. Okay. On your stomach. On your stomach, sir. Get him off me. 
Okay. Give me your stomach. Relax, relax, relax. Relax. Okay, okay, okay. All right. We'll do that. We'll do that. Roll on your stomach. I'll take these out. I'll take these out. Okay. All right. On your stomach. Get them off me. Okay. Get them off me. Get them off me. Okay. I'm trying to get them off you. Stop. Stop. Down. Get down. His body is panicking because it is shutting down. He is dying. Let's put up the picture full mass here. All right, 36 years of age. He died in custody. San Mateo County, where the deputies work. Chinitu Kobe was tasered for jaywalking in 2018. We are now finally getting the footage. Let me give you a background to the altercation. This happened October 3rd, uh, October 3rd, excuse me, 2018 at about 1 p.m. Kobe encountered first Deputy Joshua Wang, who was on patrol. As Wang was driving, he saw Mr. Kobe briskly walking across the street, but he was not in designated crosswalk area. Kobe did not respond to Mr. Wang, according to court documents, and crossed the street. Officer Wang at that point radioed for, and I quote, all available police. Are you hearing me? All available police to come as quickly <coughs> as possible. For what? Because a black man is walking across the street? No, 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 that's not why. It's because the black man did not acknowledge <coughs> Officer Wang. And Officer Wang got mad, he got upset. And he said, all available <coughs> police officers, I need you to come for this jaywalking incident. There's more. Mr. Kobe and the deputies engaged in a momentary tussle where one of the deputies is seen holding onto his shirt. As Kobe ran around in a circular motion, the deputies deployed their tasers, which struck Mr. Kobe, sending him to the ground. As Kobe is on the ground in the middle of the street with traffic passing by, the five deputies continue to deploy their tasers over and over again on Mr. Kobe. Several officers are seen in bystander video piled on top of Mr. Okobi as he is handcuffed. Deputies can be heard struggling to control him as he faintly says, I can't breathe. After Okobi is handcuffed, the deputies call for paramedics. Deputies can be heard repeatedly saying, is he breathing? Watch his breathing. Roll him on his side. At 1.13 p.m., paramedics arrive on the scene. Mr. Kobe died on the way to the hospital after suffering from cardiac arrest following physical exertion, physical restraint, and recent electromuscular disruption, according to the autopsy report. Uh, let's put up the DA, right? San Mateo County District Attorney, his name is Stephen. WASC staff cleared all officers, said all of them bear no responsibility here, saying Deputy Wang was acting lawfully 
and with proper motivation to enhance the safety of pedestrians and motorists. The family's lawsuit, May 31st, 2019. Okobe's family filed a pair of lawsuits against San Mateo County over the in custody death. The New York Times reports the county and Okobe's family reached a settlement of 4.5 million. Right now, uh, and let me make one correction. Uh, there's another story where the man said he had a heart issue and was still tasered. This is not one of them. Here's the thing. There are some people who will say, well, you know, should have just complied and leave it at that. There's a wisdom in the compliance argument, but there's a deeper wisdom in the ultimate right argument. Do you really believe that a man should die because he was jaywalking? You do realize jaywalking typically is not by way of custom an arrestable offense. Yeah, you don't get arrested for jaywalking. Now, is it allowable? Of course it is. It is within the context of the statutory language. It's also legal for you to go to jail for speeding. It is legal for you to go to jail for breaking a speed limit by one mile per hour. That's legal. But if somebody did that to you, if a cop decided to give you a ticket because you were going 61 in a 60, and he said, you know, instead of me giving you this ticket, which by the way is in lieu of bail, that's what the ticket is. He says, I'm going to exercise the authority that I have and just go ahead and take you to jail for going one mile per hour over the speed limit. All of that is legal. That's basically what the DA is saying. The DA is saying, well, based on the statute, based on the law, it's illegal to jaywalk. So the officer was well within his right to engage this man for the high crime of jaywalking. You know what's interesting? The same DA who refuses to prosecute these cops for what they did to this man. The crime of jaywalking is such a petty crime that his office refuses to prosecute them. Isn't that something? His office will not prosecute jaywalking crimes. But a whole human being is dead due to something that he would never prosecute. Ricky, sad. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, make it make it make sense. The math ain't mathing. Um, you know, it's just uh, our barrel, our, our pure existence uh, uh, is always in the question when it comes to black and brown folks. And uh, I'm looking at the video and seeing all of those officers surround that man. They could have grabbed him. Uh, they could have sat him down. They could have had a conversation with him. Could have been calm. They could have treated him just like they would have treated a white man uh, had he uh, uh, walked in the street. I think they are. They have. We have to do something in policing to get rid of the gang mentality. Uh, for you to call all of those officers. You could have walked over and had a conversation with that man uh, just one on one, saying, "Hey, man, for your safety, we were going to ask you not to jaywalk um, or, or whatever." And uh, you could have held him in, uh, you know, for like, "Hey, uh, I'm just holding you right now because I need to have this conversation." Or here's a warning. Or here's a ticket. Uh, don't do that again, uh, or whatever. And the man ended up dead. And the sad part about it is, all of them feel justified in their actions. Yep. Somebody uh, lose their life. I never saw any remorse, for, uh, uh, not to, not from what I've seen of any uh, police officers that have killed somebody 
uh, black or brown. No, absolutely no remorse. And all of them feel uh, justified and with their chest stuck out. And, and a lot of them get raises and go on to become uh, police chiefs uh, uh, and, and everything else. It seems like if you kill somebody black or brown, you become the damn police chief, excuse my language. Yep, but that's true. And there's this sick, this very sick practice, Ricky. When a cop kills somebody, they will bend part of their badge back. It's one of these things they do internally as a trophy. And the more your badge is bent, the more bodies you have. It's the equivalent of a gangster putting a tear under his eye when he has a body on him, right? Same Mm -hmm. mindset. Another horrible situation, man tasered to death, North Carolina. He said he had a heart condition, they didn't care. Here it is. I'm gonna tase you again. Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. Stay on the ground. Stay on the ground. Hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. Hands behind your back now. Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. You're gonna get tased. Put your hands behind your back, Bo. You're gonna get tased again. Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. Behind your back now. Three, two, one. Hands behind your back now. Release your hands. Let go of your. Here's how the encounter unfolded. Hey, what's up? How's it going? What are y'all doing? Nothing. I'm walking to my house. Huh? I'm walking over here to my granddaughter's shop. Okay. Just do me a favor. Come over here. Have a seat, both of you. What? Have a seat. For what? Have a seat. For what? Five eleven, really. Have a seat. What do we stop? Why? Have a seat. For what? Have a seat. You grab the other one again. Can y'all ask me? What's going on? Walk over here. What's going on? Put, put both hands on the car. Okay. Don't move, okay? Okay. You understand? Cool. Keep both of your hands on the car. If you don't, if you can't listen to my instructions, I'm gonna put you in handcuffs. Okay. I'm not trying to put you in handcuffs. Okay. He was talking to me. Why? Both hands on your back. Why? What's going on? It was another one, Riley. Can Get on the ground. Stop it. Put up the picture of Mr. Williams' full mass. 32 years of age, Daryl Tyree Williams died in a Raleigh, North Carolina hospital in the early hours of January 17th after a scuffle with police during which he was tased multiple times by officers. Six cops. C.D. Robinson, J.T. Thomas, 
DL Aquano, JR Scott, DL Grande, and BL Ramj are now on administrative leave. Investigation is underway. That's according to the police department. Additionally, the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation is conducting another independent criminal investigation and will present its findings to the Wake County DA's office and the police chief, Estella Patterson. Uh, Estella Patterson said in a memo to the city manager, uh, Marshall Adams David, several days after the death. Now, according to the memo and body camera footage, officers were conducting what's called proactive controls or patrols, excuse me, of business in the area that police said has a history of criminal violations. At roughly 1.55 AM, in the video, officers JT Thomas and CD Robinson are seen pulling into the parking lot before approaching a vehicle and speaking to its occupants. Now, what are they doing again? They are engaged in a process known as proactive patrols. We call these proactive controls, meaning there is no prerequisite for the actual police engagement. It gives them an opportunity to have adverse contact with the community or with citizens without them doing anything illegal, nothing wrong. They call it proactive patrolling. There's more. Robinson then walks across the parking lot to another, another vehicle that's occupied by two people, including Williams, who was in the driver's seat. The officer then opens the passenger door and questions what the occupants are doing before asking Williams and the passenger to exit the vehicle. According to the memo, Robinson allegedly saw an open container of alcohol and marijuana in the car. All right. According to the memo, Robinson decided to arrest Williams for possession of a controlled substance based on his findings at the scene. Police recovered two firearms, marijuana and suspended controlled substances, suspected, excuse me, controlled substances from Williams vehicle. During the attempt to arrest Williams, Robinson and Thomas deployed two separate tasers in what's called drive stun mode, which both contacted Williams in about 50 second time span, the police said. According to the memo, the taser deployed by Thomas contacted Williams' side, while Robinson's taser contacted the left side of Williams' back. Put up the screenshot. At 2.20, excuse me, 2.02 a.m., per policy, police requested an EMS response. Moments later, an officer asked if Williams is still good and if he's still breathing. An officer responds, he doesn't feel Williams pulse as the other officers attempt to wake him. He's breathing. One officer is heard saying, he's good, he's good, he's good. After removing the taser probes from Williams' body and asking again, hey, is he breathing? Officers did not detect a pulse and then decided to engage in CPR. Now, I wonder if the other cop would have never said, hey, he's good, he's breathing, no problem. Would his life have been saved? Would that have created the time required 
to remedy the problem of him dying. They then made another call to dispatch requesting an expedited EMS response at 2.06 AM. Raleigh Fire Department EMTs would soon arrive and take over. But then Mr. William was transported by EMS to a local hospital where he was later pronounced deceased at 3.01 AM. The cause of death for Mr. Williams included toxicology results. It will be part of the ongoing investigation according to the memo. Proactive patrolling, okay, if we are going to accept that, let that be a thing. Let's talk about the humanity of it all, because I know plenty of people will say, well, you know, he deserves to be where he's at. Remember, just because a person may deserve to see a judge, it doesn't mean they deserve to see their maker. Police officers are not judge, jury, and executioner. That is not their job. We have a right in this country, the constitutional right of due process, the constitutional right of an actual justice system that allows you to plead your case amid allegation and accusation. You have these rights. These rights are afforded to all of us, except when they're not. So granted, many will proclaim that somehow this was justified. Please understand, when the man said he has a problem, a heart issue, every police chief I know personally, they have an internal policy. If there's any indication of a health problem, do not use your taser, period. Every policy I know has something similar inside a police agency. They decided to ignore that protocol. Ricky, thoughts here? And the fact that they decided to uh, ignore the protocol, uh, that's why they should definitely be prosecuted when you got. But uh, I remember uh, the young lady on ESPN who used to be on ESPN a while, a while back uh, said the mentality of police officers as if they're out on slave patrol. Mm. Uh, police officers are public servants. And when the young man uh, asked him, said, uh, why are you questioning me? You know, the police officer would never answer his questions. Right. So police officer pull you over, you have the right to know why you were pulled over uh, uh, or whatever. And then, um, you know, and, and, and if they do use a taser, you use the taser where you can gain control of the situation, like gain control of the person. And it just seems to me like the taser is now the new gun for the one that, 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 that don't have the, uh, the, the nerve to shoot somebody. They just keep hitting that taser over and over and over. And it's almost like they're getting a kick out of just torturing somebody because that's exactly what it is. It's torture, and you know you don't know what somebody conditioned. Even if you healthy, like 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 me and you, I mean we could still die. Yep. You know that taser is hit so many times, our heart can just give out. And uh, and I think this is a situation where if they don't do anything, the United States Justice Department need to get in and have a federal investigation or whatever. And um, you know, and we just have to. While we have a president in office that I think. Uh, uh, you know, care about stuff like this. I think the Justice Department need to get involved 
and do an investigation and uh, lock these guys up because, uh, you know, there's no reason for, him, for the young man to be dead. That's right. The George Floyd Account Policing and Accountability Act would have created some of those dynamics that you just spoke of, Ricky. For example, it would have expanded the federal government's authority to investigate police officers. It would have also created a database so that we would know problematic cops publicly. It would be on one particular site. Uh, and it would have uh, basically lowered the threshold for being able to prosecute cops. It would have lowered the threshold to what's called normative, meaning cops would be held to the same level of accountability and the same standard as every other human being in America. Sounds like a novel idea. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of comments. We'll read as many as I can. I kind of, I'm kind of pressed for time, kind of, okay? All right, uh, this is interesting. Cheesecake Brownie says, talk about an epic fail. The entire Trump life has been an epic fail. That's right, that's why Ricky pointed it out. All right, to uh, Just Be Anti-Racist says, Rihanna is so beautiful, graceful, very intelligent. All of the things Trump is not. Also, not one time did I hear Rihanna call for violence from her fans. Can't truthfully say that about Trump. Very fair point, very good observation. All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're still French, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. It's still swinging, and it's still swinging. It's still swinging. It's still swinging. It's still swinging. Yes, it is. No differently than any other girl's ponytail. What is your information? The rules you have right there, in my opinion. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. Timothy Young. You want to call Mike Aguadella? I'll give this cell phone sure to you right now, because this game's over. It should That's be. That's fine. You wrong. That's we're standing up for team. No, I'm not. I'm not. Listen to me. I've tried to give you several opportunities to fix the problem. That's it. It was not wrong. It's the only two African-American girls on the field. So let's go, Timothy Young. What's the rest of the information? I'm giving it to you. One sec. It's a damn shame. Put up his picture for a mask. We got a little bit of background to share. Now, as he said, he's in charge of the field. And in his opinion, there are two black girls who were out of compliance because their beads were still swinging, according to him, right? So he cancels the game. While not captured in the video, the caption alleges the ref requested the two girls wear a plastic bag on their heads. Something one of the mothers said, hey, uh, you know, that's wrong. Brought it up at the end of the video. Let's put up the picture. So the user who uploaded the video shared this photo of one of the girls with her beaded braids tied up in a bun. Look at it. Look at that. Does that look as if it is swinging, going to create an issue for her or anybody else? No, not at all. They tied it up. They 
tied the hair up. So many users in the comments section sided with the ref, ironically, sharing personal or secondary accounts of eye injuries by these dangerous young black girls with beads that are tied up. That the uploader shared this screenshot of the rules in regards to player equipment. Those are the rules, okay? No hardened hair accessories that are loose or swinging. Her hair was not loose, her hair was not swinging. So now, how y'all going to protect this man? Put it back up again. All right, epic fail, sir. The way you engage not only the appearance, but the way you engaged the rules. If everything here submitted is true, there was obviously a better way to handle it. The picture that we have been provided clearly shows compliance of the rule as stated. All right, Ricky, uh, once again, a young black child has been polarized in a moment, a moment where she should be celebrated and having fun. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, but thank God he wasn't over the tennis court when Venus. <laughs> tennis, I know you was already thinking about yeah. that, right? Yeah, um, um, you know, and then to make a suggestion for her to put uh, a clear uh, or whatever kind of plastic camp bonnet, Jerry girl bag, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, you know, on her head didn't make anything any better because they're not going to be out there. Those mothers work hard to get their hair braided, and that's part of our culture. And I find it interesting when I see people on vacation, the first thing they do is go to the beach and get their hair braided and get bees in it, and, uh, bees in their hair. And it's crazy that you want to steal from our culture and hate mm. our culture at the same time or whatever, you know. And then even after the the the, uh, the girl uh, mom put her hair in a bun and tied it up, that still was a problem. And again, again, uh, our our existence is what's bothering him, not the. Just so it's so fascinating that a person at his trusted level, right, would mm -hmm. say, put a plastic bag over the hair and then we can let her play. That's just that's the narrative presented. If that's true, sir, you gotta understand. Would you want someone, a child in your family, to be told that is a remedy for you to play? A recreational sport? Of course not. You never would accept that. All right, okay, I got something for you, double dose. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You feel free, back off! I said couple there's an African American man threatening my life. Please be a white doctor. It's only available after four. It's not. So you're saying in the whole entire building there isn't one white doctor? Uh, you're gonna have to see my pediatrician. Okay, so what you're telling me that my kid has chest pains, he's gonna have to sit here until four o'clock. Can I see a doctor, please? That's white. Yeah, I don't know. Does the doctor have to spe
Well, speaking English is one thing, being white is different. How are you communicating to everyone? Everyone's incapable of speaking English. Yeah. Then why is this? That's why they're here. A child clearly has more issues with you being his mother than him needing to see a doctor. You are extremely rude and racist. You want to talk about people being at a hospital? Maybe you should check yourself in. There was a daughter. I don't care. Over there. I'm asking for my. From. Why are you yelling at me? This is what happens. You are yelling at everyone. You are yelling at everyone. So what? No, we are not fighting. We are fighting because. You're brown. You're all in Well, there are. I'm sure there are other people who are reasonable. Because you're racist. No, it's because I'm white. No. Tashi needs That's not okay. Step back. This is my personal. She is. Oh. She said, this is all happening to her because she is white. No, ma'am, it's because you're a Karen, okay? All right, let's put the picture up for a mask. We got a screenshot of this. This is actually a throwback, Karen, meant to highlight an important reality. This took place in Canada. The woman goes in, she wants to talk to a medical specialist, a doctor who's white. That's all she wants, a white doctor. She gets upset when a white doctor is not readily available. Uh, and then when confronted about her attitude, not even really her request, that's one of the ironic parts of this. When confronted about her tone, her attitude, her aggression, she then says, no, 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 it is you who are wrong. And you're wrong against me because I'm white. So what argument is she making? She's saying that they, in fact, are the racist one. That's what she's saying. If she believes that they are asking her questions or giving her direction or telling her to leave because she's white, she's saying they are the ones who are, in fact, racist. She walked in being racist. Hey, you got a white doctor. That's the only kind of doctor that I will see. They're not even in a hospital, so they don't have the kind of variety was the point of one of the individuals off camera. Just go to the hospital. They have all the white doctors you want, you're in Canada. All right, racism is real and so is the denial, Ricky. She does not see herself at all. What are your thoughts? <laughs> if, I, if I was the secretary, she would have been sitting there until Spiderweb took over. <laughs> and I, I was just played it off and, and just sat and let her sit there until she got up and left and just let her waste her entire day. Uh, stuff like this uh, does not surprise me or whatever, the gaslighting again. Uh, and then all of a sudden she plays the victim. Yep. Um, you know, and I, I, I just find stuff like that really, really interesting. Uh, it's interesting because Donald Trump really pulled the blanket over this whole country. I know it has nothing to do with, with Trump, but man, he has really, really made people bold in their race. Uh, uh, so now you get like somebody come in there, come into the hospital and demand to see a white doctor, not a black doctor. And uh, so it really just kind of uncovered America uh, and, and it has not been the same and it's still going on. Yeah, and it becomes a global dynamic because we have seen really a handful of leaders, brother. Just a handful of leaders who rather engage in rhetoric than remedy. Because right. rhetoric empowers them. That's how they keep getting reelected. I'm talking about from America to Canada to the UK, everywhere. You have a symbol of this same Trump factor happening in other nations. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay.
All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Uh, 21st anniversary, TYT, 21 years strong. We are drinking age. Celebrate 21 years of driving positive change with us, TYT. All right, join Jank, Anna, John, JR, Senator Nina Turner, me, Michael Shore, David Collins. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, where? TYT.com forward slash live or YouTube. Also, we got a poll for you at TYT.com forward slash polls asking what your favorite TYT moment of all time is. We're going to randomly select 10 people, participate in the poll, win a copy of Jenks' upcoming book. I promise you it's coming. It's, he's for real this time. September 19th. Oh, I'm excited. Said to be released. All right. Cheers. 21 years. Let me read some of these comments. We got a lot of them. We'll read as many as I can. Thank you all for joining us during the live broadcast. Uh, Lynn says, I have a feeling Ref Karen would not have said anything if Bo Derek's uh, beaded beard was out on the court. <laughs> yes, that's interesting. All right. Tyler Hackner talking about the ref that canceled the game. This is absolutely ridiculous. I agree. Michelle, can't get no swing from that. We play soccer every year uh, in elementary on and not once have I ever seen any injuries from hair accessories. Good point. Uh, OG Mountain Dragon says, racism over child's health, shameful. Talking about the doctor. And let's go to Twitch. this Countess underscore Silva. I hope I said that right. I apologize if I didn't. I've been hit in the face with my own hair, and when it was when it was in a ponytail, no bees were needed for that to swing. And that was kind of one of the points a parent made uh, that the other children, who were presumably white, had ponytails, and those ponytails were swinging, but that was not an issue. All right, okay. Neo-Nazis, ladies and gentlemen, they wanted to destroy Baltimore. Yep, put up their pictures, full mass. The Justice Department has now charged Brandon Clint Russell and Sarah Beth Clendaniel with conspiracy to damage energy facilities. I'm going to get into that in a moment. Alleging that the Maryland-focused plot was driven by racially motivated extremist beliefs. Russell, according to the charging documents, ascribes to having neo-Nazi beliefs and had started his own local national socialist group. Whoa, wait a minute. Where is Marjorie Taylor Greene? Isn't she anti-socialist? What about Donald Trump? Has Trump tweeted about these socialists on Truth Social? I know good and damn well Moscow Mitch has something to say about these socialists trying to take over our nation. No, they haven't said anything because these socialists happen to be white supremacists. So it's okay, they have no words for them. But I guarantee you if the word socialist would have been connected to some type of uh, militant black organization, every single one of them would have had something to say. There would have been press conferences, Bills, laws, they would have brought up Hunter Biden as crack smoking. Everything would have been back on the table. According to the prosecutors, 
Their plan was to attack with gunfire five substations that serve the Baltimore area. Now, why are they targeting Baltimore? Because Baltimore got a lot of black folk. That's why. In conversations about the plot, Clint Daniel described how there was a ring around Baltimore. And if they hit a number of them all in the same day, they would completely destroy this whole city. Clint Daniel and Russell met while incarcerated at separate prison. According to court documents, Russell in federal custody for possessing bomb making materials and Clint Daniel in a Maryland facility for robbing convenience stores with a machete. Going to prison was worth it because I might not have met you otherwise, Russell said in one text. Other attackers on the energy grid, other attacks on the energy grid, gunfire at North Carolina substations in December left 45,000 people without power for several days. Most of the cases remain unsolved, but authorities and experts say they follow increased interest among white supremacists in targeting electric infrastructure. In response to a question of whether this plot was connected to other attacks across the country, the FBI said no indication that this plot was part of anything larger, end quote. Now, why have you not heard about these attacks on energy grids in black communities? Because they are attacks on energy grids in black communities. That's the reason. I guarantee you if this would have been an energy facilities attack in a majority white community, an affluent community, etc. This would have been front page news. CNN, MSNBC, they have a problem. But the reason, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to say it clearly, part of the reason that white supremacists do this in black communities is because they have a belief Number one, they can get away with it. Number two, no one is going to be outraged. No media companies are going to investigate. It will not be some national story and a national movement to catch them. Now you see the danger in having an apathetic free press. Because in a way that free press, when it decides to not pay attention to dynamics that are important in historically marginalized communities, it empowers those who oppose them. Ricky, what are your thoughts on this? I'm kind of that uh, <laughs> some of those other stories uh, that we covered uh, today, uh, where one police officer called, six police officers called, somebody had a bag of weed or an open container, um, but they can't find people like this. Uh, um, when I think about this, it reminds me of the church in South Carolina where that guy, uh, white supremacist or whatever, went in there and, and shot and killed uh, nine people that was inside of the church worshiping. And why aren't the FBI and other agencies, uh, government agencies following white supremacists like this, that mm-hmm. they do make plans to get bomb material and guns to try to mow down uh, black and brown people uh, who they hate? Uh, these are the real criminals. Not the not not the crackhead uh, or, or or somebody that got a, a bag of weed or open container that you call six to twelve police officers and tasering people to death and doing all these violent crimes toward them. 
But these two people will probably go to jail and do a little bit of time and get out. The guy had already been to jail. Now he'll go to jail and get out and uh, have himself in position to commit more crimes. And better be careful because when they when they uh, commit crimes, they kill a lot of people. Yeah, well said, dear brother. All right, this is an indisputable exclusive. Black male business owner arrested by deputies in Texas on his own property because he told them to leave. Here's the video. And I ain't did nothing wrong. That's fine. Like I said, what are you doing here checking? What are you checking? Are you what are y'all talking to you? I already told you. You told me what? Over here. Over here. Over here, you're getting put in handcuffs. It's the last time I'm going to tell you. Listen to the sergeant. I'm not going to tell you again. Like I said, dude, that's what you call it. Yeah, okay. He's going to run wrong. I'm not me. He got in the turn lane. Hey. I got a little rods in my spine, and you just said, I need a nurse. You don't need all this right now. Calling an ambulance. Holy. After he was slammed, there's another deputy that decided to do this. Here it is. Sergeant, I need to lock up my business. Just so you know, I'm personally going to come back and take you to jail. So remember, remember me. Okay. I'll just. No, it's a courtesy ride. It's a courtesy ride. I'll come say hi myself. Okay. That means I'm going to come take you to jail. When the warrants get issued. What's that thing I'm supposed to be? You sure he needs a stretcher? He's standing just fine. Put up the picture for a mass. Once again, this is an indisputable exclusive. A business owner in Texas was arrested after he requested deputies looking for another man to leave his auto lock. As he attempted to walk away on his own property, because you can do that when you're not under arrest, walks away and then they place him under arrest. He's a 59 year old black male slammed into an SUV. He then requests an ambulance. Hector County Sheriff's Deputy Patrick Gillis taunts and threatens the business owner. I'm going to come pick, I'm going to take it to jail myself. It's a damn shame. Here's the man, Dennis Robertson, who stood on his porch as sheriff deputies. Asked him to step aside. Robertson, 
says Ector County Sheriff deputies rushed to his used auto lot after they received a tip that a separate man was driving erratically. He had nothing to do with that. Robertson, who was not involved with the man's driving incident, requested that the deputies conduct their investigation off of his property. Let me pause him just for a moment, keep that picture up. He is not only well within his rights to say that, he is demonstrating a constitutional dynamic. If the officers need to go upon private property in order to arrest an individual or to engage in investigation, they can get a warrant to do so. That's what judges are for, that's what they sign. And because of technology, you can get a damn warrant in five minutes. In the body cam, Deputy Gillis asked him to step off of his porch. When Robertson turns to go inside his office, he grabs him and handcuffs him. Now, some people will say, well, well, wait a minute, that was resisting. No, it wasn't, that was not resisting. He was not under arrest. You can walk away from the police, you can legally. They don't want you to do it, they get upset, they take it personal. Uh, they really get mad when you know the law and you try to remind them of it. Isn't it perverted that individuals who sign up to be law enforcement officers do not love the law? They get mad when you know it, that's insane. Here's a photo of Deputy Patrick Gillis. Robinson was circulating around the neighborhood to complain about the deputy. We have it as well, okay? Robinson did file a complaint due to his treatment. This was back in October of 2021, it reads in part. I told them I was hurt and needed an ambulance. He still wanted to argue. So I told them I will call the ambulance myself. Then one of the deputies grabbed my phone from my hand and threw it. It hit the windshield of the SUV, causing a small crack. I am totally blind in my right eye and have metal rods in my back. And I'm handcuffed. I'm a handicapped, excuse me, old man. And he slammed me to the ground, hurting me. Also, the tall white deputy stated he was coming with me personally. So now I am in fear of my safety and from the deputies. Who would not be in fear of a statement like that? You know, first of all, you're being arrested for absolutely nothing. They're on your property. You tried to invoke your rights, they ignored them. They're putting on arrest, they're throwing your cell phone, and then they're saying things like, and I'm gonna take you to jail myself. That's some scary stuff. That's what it was meant to be, intimidating to a 60 year old black man. Put up the picture of the attorney. Here is one of Mr. Robinson's attorneys. His name is Roderick Van Daniel from Birmingham, Alabama. He gave this statement about the case directly to Indisputable. He says, and I quote, on October 3rd, 2021, Mr. Dennis Robertson was unlawfully arrested and subjected to excessive and unlawful force by deputies of the Ector County Sheriff's Office, all while on his own property and place of business. He continued, notably, when Mr. Robertson said, when Mr. Robertson was attempting to call 911 after he sustained serious bodily injuries, a deputy grabbed his cell phone from him and through it causing damage to the phone and his business vehicle. 
owning a business while black is not a crime. Not in Hector County, not Texas, and not in the United States of America, the attorney says. Another attorney representing Mr. Robertson also cited us, Supreme Court case, United States versus Sharp, which state, of course, flight alone and not give rise to probable cause. It must be coupled with pre-existing reasonable and articulable suspicion. To everyone who wants to say, well, when he turned around, he was somehow breaking the law, not according to the United States Supreme Court. He's not breaking the law because he was not being detained. He was not being detained because they had no reasonable nor articulable suspicion he ever committed a crime. As a matter of fact, they knew good and damn well he committed no crime. They just did not like a black man telling them, get off of my property. Here's the sheriff, put him up. The sheriff is Michael Griffiths. Robertson said Hector County DA never charged him for interfering with their investigation. Well, good for the DA. All right, Ricky, you see exactly what this is. You know what the point was they were trying to make, trying to just put a black man in his place, trying to flip his life upside down in the process. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, first of all, to talk, talk to the man uh, like he was a kid. Yeah. Whatever, you know, that man's probably old enough to be his grandfather. And for him to be speaking to a man at 60 years, years old, like that, and he has a right to ask him to leave the property. And uh, a lot of these police officers need to take a class or, or some kind of psychology uh, uh, classes or whatever where they can learn how to deal and communicate with people and not take things personal. And uh, in, in the, uh, the fact, the way he treated him and slammed him down. Um, uh, on the ground, and it looked like he turned his camera off or something. I saw yeah. something happen, happen with the camera or whatever. And then just the whole condescending tone uh, uh, that he talked to that man, just absolutely no respect. Nobody have to talk to the police. And, and uh, if you don't have a search warrant or whatever and walk away and you ask, and the, and the man asked the police to leave his property, they're supposed to leave. And that's why this George Floyd bill uh, is so, so important. And uh, that officer need to be fired. He need to be fired for the threats alone. Uh, yep. Because our police officers are public, ser- uh, are public servants. And that's just absolutely terrible. And it's funny because you we catching these cases on camera. Just imagine the things that we don't see. Yeah, that's right. The things that we don't see, the things that are hidden better, right? All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, you know the cops who killed Tyree Nichols? Well, not only do they have a significant background, one woman says she directly warned Memphis PD how bad one of the cops was. All right, let's go to the video. Here it is. We were getting a red box. We were getting a red box down. Where's your ID? Why you need my? What I do? What I do? Why would I? What, what are you doing? What are oh, you doing? What are you doing? Trina, get this. Um, why, I, why I gotta step out the car? Excuse I ain't did nothing. I ain't did nothing. I ain't did nothing. Uh 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 uh. Excuse me. Why you touching her? Please, please, please. 
My hands is up. I ain't got none. My hands is up. I ain't got nothing. She's not resisting. Where's your ID? I can give you my, oh, I can give you my life. Wait. I'm going to explain what you just saw. Let's put up the picture of Khadijah. So Khadijah, she tried to warn the Memphis PD about an officer now charged in the death of Tyree Nichols. Khadijah said the police were at a Walgreens on February 21st, 2021, when Memphis police got a false shooting call, right? She says, and I quote, we're uh, we were returning a red box and getting another red box, she said. Town said they were about to leave when a male officer approached her asking if she heard gunfire. I told him no. He told us we could go ahead and leave, she said. She put the car into reverse and when she, she put the car to reverse when she said a female officer then stopped her, her unhit record on her cell phone. She wouldn't tell me what I did, Town said. She proceeded to stick her hand in my car, unlock my door and kind of arm wrestled me. Two male officers each grabbed one of her arms and put her into handcuffs. I'm crying out, you dislocated my shoulder. He keeps saying, stop resisting, stop resisting. I'm not resisting. I'm trying to tell you, you can look at the video. My hands are behind my back, Town said. Officers then approach her aunt and the video ends. Now remember, <clears throat> we've had officers tell indisputable that they will do that in order to justify an arrest. They will start yelling, stop resisting when they know the person is not resisting. It is a normative order for them to do. Town says officers put her into a squad car. She says she demanded they take her to the ER for her shoulder pain. Her family followed the squad car. So the officer then pulled over, got out and drew her gun at my brother and my aunt, Town said. Town said they took her aunt into custody and her to the hospital. Mm. She then went to jail, but she said she wasn't charged with anything. She filed a complaint with the MPD's Internal Affairs Division, gave them a statement. She did not hear the results of her investigation until last month. Put up the picture. There he is. She saw the mug shots of now former officers charged, including him, right? That's Demetrius Haley. The officer who put her into handcuffs that night is that man right there. I wasn't surprised, she says, because of how they did me at Walgreens, she said. He had an official complaint. Nobody was actually prosecuted. All charges were dropped. They knew he was a problematic cop and did not care, is my point. Towns incident was in Haley's disciplinary file. WREG investigates uncovered it. He was written up in town's case for not using force, but for filling out the proper paperwork to alert his supervisors that force was used. So he eliminated that whole notion, right? So what's happening here? Once again, culture of corruption, culture of corruption. Haley told internal affairs, the cop said he did not know why they were handcuffing towns. And the officer who helped him was not familiar with why she was pulled over in the first place. Wait a minute, y'all don't know why y'all pulled them over, know why y'all arrested him. And this is on record. A lieutenant did say Haley routinely makes good decisions. And he was sure this was a limited event. The female officer, Alexis Brown, 
said while investigating the shooting call, she saw Towns laughing in her car. So she initiated the traffic stop. Laughing is against the law, obviously. She said Towns became verbally and passively resistant. What? Passively resistant, verbally resistant. She also claimed she found marijuana in the car, but disposed of it. Yeah, yeah, I found marijuana. So I locked them up with this petty thing, but I threw away the major one. Internal affairs, and it's not major, it would have been major to the police. Uh, Internal affairs said Brown violated a number of policies, including excessive force. We have requested the entire internal affairs case uh, file and body worn camera footage. Town's attorney, Carlos Moore, said he's also looking into the incident. The case was never turned over to the Shelby County DA's office for review to see if any officers did anything criminally wrong. Why was it not turned over? Culture. There's a policy to turn it over. There's a protocol to turn it over, but they chose not to. Culture, okay? That's all it comes down to, culture. Now, a man could be alive today if they simply would have practiced good protocol and common sense judgment, but they decided not to, which led to the death of Mr. Tyree Nichols. You don't have a policy issue, you have a cultural issue. Ricky, what are your thoughts here? Uh, you know, this is uh, tripping me out. Uh, I think they should go back and look at every single complaint uh, that was uh, filed on each and every last one of those police officers. Every single complaint um, or whatever, I think that would help. The, I don't know if it would be uh, admissible in the court uh, with this particular case, but um, and, and then the question that I'm having, what I'm struggling with, uh, the police chief, which I, I, I love and I, I support. Uh, you know, uh, most of our police chiefs uh, in the country, especially like, you know, uh, the, the ones that try to do the right thing. But shouldn't the police chief in uh, eternal affairs uh, be investigated? Uh, because when you when you report bad police officers and then all of a sudden they're attached to a murder, or whatever, and nothing was done about it because of police culture, yeah. then that's my question. That is a hell of a question and an appropriate one. My brother, always a pleasure having you on Indisputable. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your amazing work. Hey man, you can check me out at uh, Ricky Smiley Official and uh, every single morning, even on one of your stations, Dr. Richie, you can always listen to the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure, dear brother. I'm gonna call you, okay? Okay. All right, my friend. We got more on the other side. The bullpen is next, stick and stay. All right, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Miss Brianna Lyman. News and commentary writer at Daily Caller. Brianna, good day, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here. We are going to chop it up about massive GOP infighting. Infighting happens with all political parties, but this is a different flavor. I don't want to presume what you know or believe about this infighting or the effectiveness of it. So if you would give us your sentiment, I would then opine. All right, well, obviously we know there's a lot of infighting going on. I assume that the biggest one that you might wanna talk about would be Trump versus DeSantis. So what I will say on this, just face value, Donald Trump has been this way since 2015. We know how he goes after his opponents. And what I will say is this, if a candidate like Ron DeSantis, for instance, cannot handle these kinds of attacks, this is a man who also cannot handle the presidency. So that's where I'm gonna start that. That is really interesting. 
Um, so let's talk about something McConnell said. McConnell said, you know, basically Trump is going to uh, burn down the party. And he's talking about the political party known as the Republican Party, which to me is not really recognizable. But they gave Trump the keys. And now, and I'm not taking Trump's side, please believe that, all right? <laughs> but it is ironic, Brianna, that the same people that literally gave the man the keys to the house, the name on the lease, are now saying, well, he's no longer invited. He's no longer welcome. Uh, we don't like his tactics. When they championed those same tactics, when he got the nomination and when he became president of the United States. Do you not find it quite ironic? Well, I think the, the irony that you're pointing out is not so much that they don't want to let Trump back in. They think that they have the power to do that. But what they fail to forget is that it's not Mitch McConnell who's electing Donald Trump. It's the voters who are electing them. And they were not fans of Donald Trump, again, all the way back in 2015. This is a man who went against the establishment and the media. So he's always had people put targets on his back. Yeah. Let's talk about the uh, the losing of power. Uh, Donald Trump, the vast majority of candidates he endorsed lost. Uh, that was not the reality when he ran for president. The first time the popularity of Donald Trump would guarantee anybody who ran in a Republican primary would basically win. He had an 88% win rate when it came to endorsements in Republican primaries. That has almost shifted to the other side. What do you attribute his loss of power and influence in the GOP to? That's a good question. And I think that, again, I want to bring this back to Ron DeSantis because I think Republicans are tending to see that Ron DeSantis is what Donald Trump, what they like in Donald Trump but without the whole uh, political incorrectness. And so I think that a lot of people saw Donald Trump's rhetoric and then the candidates that he endorsed and said, we don't want this backing, which the bottom line remains though, is that if you look at polling data, for instance, let's go back to the springtime, even though Republican voters may not want Donald Trump to be the face of the Republican party, they nonetheless wanted his policies in place. It was upwards of 80% said we want him involved in some capacity, maybe not the presidency. So I do believe that even though Donald Trump's endorsements maybe not have been as fruitful as some would have expected, the buck did stop though with people like Mitch McConnell, uh, Kevin McCarthy, Ronna McDaniel. I think they also need to take some blame for the poor uh, Republican show out in the midterms. Let's, before you go, let's chop it up quickly about uh, the reality of adverse policy. So the vast majority of policy initiatives that are championed by Republicans are actually opposed by Americans. I'm going, going to give you some popular ones. Medicare, Medicaid, uh, many Republicans are on record saying that we need to create more reform, restrict, how many people can qualify, increase the age of qualification, et cetera, et cetera. Those are number one and number two, the most popular federal programs in the country. And they happen to adhere or connect to the largest voting demographic in the nation as well. Do you not see this as a problem for Republicans moving forward if they do not figure out how to get the message on this correct? Well, I think the Republicans, I, I, I think you're probably referencing Rick Scott right now. We're talking about his 11 point plan. Well, not Rick Scott, Matt Walt said it. Uh, you also had Rubio who said it. You had Ted Cruz who said it and you had Lindsey Graham who said it. So it's not yeah. just Rick Scott. And I will say, I think there's nothing wrong with them saying that. And the reason I say that is this, those may be very popular programs, but it's up for the voters to decide. Uh, and for instance, this is why I think sunsetting is important because every five years, let voters have their voice. And the thing is, listen, it may turn out to be poor for Republicans. They may lose all their seats, but they'll learn a lesson. But nonetheless, the most mm. important part about that is the voters are the ones who are making that decision rather than grandfather some kind of uh, program in. And when we talk about social security, listen, social security was put in place. It was supposed to be temporary relief. 
That was what FDR put it in place to do. It obviously expanded over the past few decades. Both Republicans and Democrats had their part in it. But I will say it's not just Republicans who have been concerned about the insolvency of this program. I mean, Joe Biden, 1975, 1995, he said we need to stop uh, you know, having these programs that aren't sunsetted. Let's do Social Security every four years. Let's vote on it. In the 80s, he said one year, freeze all spending, including Social Security and Medicare. So I think that this is a bipartisan problem that could yeah. be solved. You can answer these questions. You know, it is interesting because you're right. Democrats have also promoted building the wall. Democrats have promoted uh, the idea of illegal aliens rather than undocumented workers. But the bottom line is something you just said. It's all about the voters. And you're not talking about the voters in 1975. You're talking about the voters in 2023. And if it is about the voters in 2023, it must be about the policies presented in 2023 uh, and not the policy presented in 1975. So I would submit to you that when the infighting is over, at some point, Brianna, we're gonna start paying attention to real policies again. Would you not agree? I, I do agree, yes. All right, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, we don't have ample time like I wanted, but we're gonna invite you back, okay? We'll appreciate you. Great, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. Here's the pattern that we see in all of these Karen stories. They think they own stuff they do not own. Now, where does that come from? I don't know, maybe slavery. Maybe they think they should still own black people. This is what happens when Karens weaponize the police. When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are. A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is. You know who created redlining in this country? Mm -hmm. The white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's well, a racist I, 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 policy, I, I, racist I, policy. Shelly, here's what I don't to. know. I don't know. See, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this truth, but you're gonna get it though.